Welcome to Drunk Bible Study. This show's mission is to read every single word of the greatest story ever told. A warning to our listeners, the hosts of this show are sinners, but they're doing their best. There will be drinking and there may be some swears. They did say they'd try to keep it clean, but I wouldn't put my money on it. This is Drunk Bible Study, where my good friends Dedeker and Jace teach me, a born and raised atheist, about the Bible. So, Jace and Dedeker, how are you today? Well, I'm a little bit more drunk than <laughs> when we started recording this morning, so... Ditto. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling the spirit. You feeling the spirit? Of mm-hmm. Bible reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, I'm excited because today is our last day in Genesis for a little while. Oh, is what? it? Oh, yeah. shoot. We're going to ask, what are we Genesis? reading today? Uh, well, we're reading uh, chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11 okay. of Genesis. Whoa. And then we're going to take a break to talk about Job oh, for a while before damn. we get back into the history of um, of uh, the, the family line of, of Moses wow. and Abraham and all those guys. And all those people. Yeah. Shit. So enjoy it. Enjoy this Genesis while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is the book of Job much later in the Bible in in it terms is, of like where good, it is? It's a good like 10, 11, 12 books later, but chronologically Whoa. written a lot earlier. Uh, not just written, but like takes place. Also takes place yeah. a lot earlier. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, we're doing the Bible in chronological order instead of in book order. Okay. Right. So we're following a, a reading plan that kind of jumps around between mostly just jumps from book to book. But occasionally, like we're doing right here, because Genesis has these two sections that's like the primeval history and then the ancestral history, that this mm-hmm. kind of gets inserted in between those. Okay. Is where Job's going to go. Great. Uh, okay. But before we get to that, where did we leave off last time, Emily? What happened last time? Because if I recall, we're leaving, okay. we're leaving our boy Noah hanging. Yeah, he's in the water, right? Well, Noah is in the water well, hang with on, because we went, even before Noah, stuff happened last week. Um, yeah, you're right. Cain and Abel. Yeah. And, and so Cain killed his brother Abel randomly. <laughs> it was really random. I'm sorry. Like, it was just like, and then Cain killed his brother Abel. And then Cain <laughs> yeah. was, like, not sentenced to die. He was just, he, like, got this mark. And then God was like, well, seven, what was it? Seven something? There were seven. seven yeah. what? what was it? It was like seven. He will have to be punished seven times. No, that wasn't it. I don't know. It was Opposite something about the number seven. What? Is that if anyone tries to kill him, they will get punished seven times over. Okay. But then later it was some guy was like 77 times over. His like descendant. Being... Yeah, his descendant. Yeah, so one. there there were a shit million de- descendants. <laughs> there were a shit million, yes. <laughs> yes, um, it was so many, and I don't remember any of their names. It was like Zula and and various other names. Well, and, and remember that the mark of Cain is the thing that made it so people couldn't kill him. That's true. That the curse, so therefore, was that, he was a vampire. Well, yes. So the curse was that he couldn't 
like that the ground wouldn't yield plants and stuff to him anymore yes. and that he would have to wander. He'd have to wander yeah. and build cities and Yeah. Uh, but the mark of Cain was to keep him from dying, which is yeah. I think commonly misunderstood. People think the mark of Cain is the curse, but it's actually mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like you could call that a curse him. too, but So, okay, Cain is a vampire and is not going to be killed. That's not canon, but <laughs> Yes, that's not but, part of the But Bible, Anne Rice actually. made it so. Made it canon, yeah, yes. Yeah. And then, and then Noah, uh-huh. who is like a much later descendant mm-hmm. of Seth, who yes. is Cain's later, later, no. later, Adam. later, no. Adams. Adams. Oh, Adams. Yes. Because, okay, so he was technically Cain's brother. It's true. Uh, true. Yes, correct. His, his, his like little brother. 130 year younger brother. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess not quite Cain's that long. But... Really little brother. Yeah. Um, ended up having Noah. Mm-hmm. And then Noah had a wife and a bunch of sons, and they had wives. Yep. And then God was like, y'all are the only good people on the earth, and so I'm going to kill everyone else. And I hate these animals that I made, that I made too, so I'm going to kill them, except for two of all the clean animals. and then Seven one, pairs of the clean seven ones. Seven pairs so of the clean, clean ones. animals. <laughs> And just one pair each of the unclean ones. Of the unclean ones, whatever that means. We'll get and, to it, don't worry. Oh, okay, okay. And then those animals will be on the boat with you, on this ark that I'm commanding you make. And he commanded it so, so specifically that it was like cubic <laughs> feet and, and cubic... No, cubits. No, cubits. Cubits. Not even cubic. Cubic cubits. forearms. Cubic forearms. <laughs> <laughs> And those cubic forearms, uh, no one knew exactly what to do, and he did mm-hmm. it. And then, basically, uh, for 150 days, water crashed all over the earth, and everyone else died, and all the animals except for the seven pairs and the other one pairs. <laughs> Nailed and it. Yes. The, the, Very well the done. Noah, the Noah babies, <laughs> the Noah family and babies. Yeah. So it's funny, actually, that the so it rained for forty days and forty nights. And I wow. remember, like, my understanding of this story was that the whole thing lasted forty days and forty nights. But it's actually that's just the like flooding. Mm. But then it stays flooded for 150 days, which was that very last line of the last chapter right. that we okay, read last time. Okay, so it time. rains that time, and then it's still flooded, and then the waters right proceed. Yeah. Spoilers, yeah, spoiler alert. Okay, well, we're okay. about to get to that. So, so shall we get into that? Am I starting yeah, us off? Yeah, starting us off. You're doing this, okay? Okay, Here we go. Let's, let's dive into it. Find out what happens to Noah and his family and the sevens and twos. <laughs> okay, or the fourteens and twos. Anyway. All right, here we go. Genesis 8. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth. And the waters receded. Sorry, I'm already going to cut you off okay. because I just love that God remembered Noah. And he's like, oh, oh right. Shit. <laughs> oh, Noah. Oh, man. Oh, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I didn't read it that way. I didn't interpret it that way at all. But that's, that's really so, funny. He's like, oh, dang. So oh, good. right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry, Noah. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna take care of you. Hey, hey bro. Noah. <laughs> So then he sent a wind, which is the natural antidote for water. Uh, now, whoosh! Now the springs of the deep 
and the floodgates of the heaven had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the water had gone down. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountain of Ararat, or Ararat, as we say in the I U.S. I believe is, is now in, in modern day either Turkey or Armenia? It's Armenia. Oh, in Armenia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, because really? when I was staying with my host family, when I did my study abroad in Russia, they were an Armenian family, and the desktop background of my host brother was Mount was Ararat. Mount Ararat. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, and, and that's he, cool. And I was like, oh, what's, what's that? And he was like... He's like, Holy. And he's, I was like, what, what's that? He's like, from, you know, from, you know, from the Bible, the Bible. And it's like, what? And he's like, it's, you know, Noah's Ark. And we had to like go back and forth. This was, I wasn't very good at Russian yet, but we had to go back and forth to explain what the Ark was. Uh, and then I was like, oh yeah, I know that. And he's like, this is the mountain where it landed. I was like, shit. So <laughs> that will always stick with me. Wow. There it is. Wow. Okay. Yep. So we're on uh, on the mountains of Ararat, okay. which I guess is a whole mountain range. Okay. I hope it's not like at the tip top and that it's like a really precarious, <laughs> precarious Let's moment. You feel like that's the, the picture you get in the like picture books for kids, though. That is, yeah. is it is that's a picture I have of, in my head. Right. It's up on the tippy top of the mountain. <laughs> Ooh, dear. Ooh. Okay, we got to have one animal from this side of the boat and then one animal from this side of the boat. It's like a scene from National Lampoon. Yeah. Okay. The okay. waters continued to recede until the 10th month, and on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Hmm. Okay, so the 17th day of the 7th month, it came to rest on that, but they didn't actually go down far enough to become visible until the first day of the 10th month. Okay. okay. After 40 days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. What? Then, uh, okay, I guess it went back and forth, you know, to, to like Doing see if... what? See if there was any land. If there was land. Yeah, keep reading. It's a little scout. Okay. Oh. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Oa in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. <laughs> he just grabbed it right out of the air. He's like, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> Give me that dove. Okay. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Exclamation oh. point. Exclamation I think that's point. the first exclamation point we've encountered in the Bible right. so yeah. far. Wow. It was a freshly plucked olive leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return the to dove him. dove is like... Oh, Dove's like, I'm good now, bro. <laughs> I'm not by, coming back. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, remember it started flooding in his 600th year, so oh, we're okay. now so it's in his next year. year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The okay. water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. The covering from the ark. Like the tarp? The tarp over the, I guess, yeah. Goodness. Okay. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. 
Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wives and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. <gasps> That's so well, cause those, sad. Yes, because those were the only expendable ones, because he had multiple pairs oh, of right. those. So he's like, right. whatever, I'm going to burn you on this altar. Yes. My question is this, when God like tells this to Noah, is he in the air? Is it a booming voice? That's is it standing unclear. in midair? Unclear. Is he like Unclear. yelling at him Unclear. from outside the ark? Open to interpretation. Yeah. No. Just a dream he had. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, was it a vision? It was yeah, I don't know. All right. I don't know. Just, just somehow just the Lord conveyed the message. Yeah. There cool. are other times where where the Lord appears more specifically and it's described to us, but in this case it's just okay. well, uh, I don't know. He said it somehow. Yeah. Um okay. okay. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, mm, barbecue of burning <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> mm, tasty. <laughs> So the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Okay, Jace, please, please. God's on your page here. God is on my you side. Hate people. I know, yeah. I know. And never again, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures... Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So that's the end of chapter eight. Cool. Okay, hang on. Wasn't I thought that? Okay, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I just I thought that there was a verse about how God put the rainbow in the sky. And that's the... coming up. Still. Oh, it is coming up. That's is in it... the next chapter. I'm pretty sure. Okay, because I thought that that was the now, but I guess not. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll get to it. Let's read ahead and find out. Okay, fine. Emily, this is your oh. chapter. Oh, okay. Here we here <laughs> we go. Okay, Genesis nine. God's covenant with Noah. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, "Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth." So basically, it's like have sex, Noah. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. <gasps> so the, just okay. to say, yeah. yes, this is the first time that God establishes like you, you're going to eat these animals. As opposed to like in uh, earlier chapters in Genesis where he's just like, plants. you get all the plants. But now yeah. he's like, you can eat all these animals. Ugh, yeah. Uh, but the wording's very similar to earlier in Genesis right, with Adam where he was like, all these are like subjugated to you. Huh. So it's a similar, similar sort of thing where like you get to command over all of these. Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. So everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. Mm, but see. you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. 
Yeah, because ew. I'm just going to take <laughs> how, a chomp out of that. How? I think that just means raw meat, maybe? I guess. Or or that you haven't, like, bled it before you've I guess that would it? make sense. I mean, it, I, like, it makes sense from, like, an ancient perspective of, like, hey, we've learned that if we eat raw ma- meat, we're likely to get sick. So mm. we kind of wrap this up into one of our laws slash rules slash commandments from God. God told that us to do it, yeah. God told us you don't eat anything that still has the blood in it. Well, that's okay. the justification I've heard for a lot of the laws we're going to get into later right. in the book of Leviticus. Right. Is that just it's... keeping you healthy and safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, and for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Okay. Wait, what? An accounting, like, you got to have your books all balanced and... I guess, like you have to account for the the humans you kill and the animals you eat. Is it kind of a? Is it just saying that he wants regular sacrifices? I wonder if it's about uh, that. Yeah, I wait, don't wait, know. wait. Keep keep reading. Keep reading. Okay, whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Okay, so it's just that, like, if you kill someone, you're going to pay for it. So, okay, I guess it's the, in contrast to how God sees how evil human beings are. And he's like, we're not doing this again. Like, if you're evil, if you kill someone, you're going to be punished for it. Yeah, right? and, it, and it reminds me to, again, to speak, like, historically, this reminds me of the Code of Hammurabi. Yes. Right? Yeah. That the Code mm-hmm. of Hammurabi is where the whole eye for an eye kind of thing was first like codified by humans and this seems is like a very that, similar thing. Is that that big text in like stone? That's the Rosetta stone. No. Well, this one was probably also in stone, also in to stone. be fair. <laughs> I, I'm 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 thinking that I saw it in the Louvre. Oh maybe. Maybe. Well the the code of Hammurabi is significant because it's the first like the oldest code of laws ever written down that yes. we've discovered. No, I did see it. I did yeah. see it. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. it so was anyway, cool. This is very similar though, where it was this early code of laws that was basically that. It's like if Babylonian you do this thing to code someone, law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In ancient Mesopotamia, dating back to 1754 BC. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting cool. about this is that supposedly Genesis was written anywhere from 10 to 5,000 or from mm. 10,000 to 5,000 BC. So this would predate that. Mm. However, like when this was actually written down versus when it was first told is, right. is the Buzzy. question. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Sorry, a little history fun. Well, and also they were like, be fruitful and increase in number. So they... It's interesting because I feel like people maybe look at this and are like, okay, I have to have kids because God said to Noah that, you know, we need to be fruitful and increase in number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's that's where a lot of that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. Except the fish. Huh? Except Except the the fish. fish. You're right. They all were already were living, but they're not on earth. They're like in the sea, which is separate from the earth. Yeah. 
I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth, except for hashtag global warming. Well, but and God, so far that has not, it's not destroyed, the, destroyed earth, the earth yet. So far. I know. I'm just thinking of that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal that happened. What? He said the day after life. tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. The day after tomorrow. But he said never again will all life be destroyed. All right, fine. Okay. <laughs> so Jake Gyllenhaal will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Okay. Keep going, keep mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. Again, they said this like 17 different ways. <laughs> He's really making sure you understand. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because like human beings need to hear the same thing like we five need, different yeah, times yeah. in order need, to get it. We need repetition. Like, I got it. Thanks, God. <laughs> So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on earth. Yes. The you- rainbow. <laughs> Got it? Okay, two things. I love I love hearing about this and thinking about right ancient peoples telling this story and kind of being like, hey, I know we have this story about everyone dying in a flood, but like kids, don't be afraid because look, there's a rainbow, so it's fine. Mm, God said it every time it rains there's a rainbow and that's how we know like he's not going to destroy the earth right I mean or so he said but God is a vengeful God and he could just like decide like well the day that the rainbow disappears is the day that we're going to know right (laughs) nobody has seen a rainbow in 75 yes (laughs) yeah yeah and he's like whenever whenever the rainbow appears I'll remember my covenant between me he's like oh right Oh shit! Oh yeah! Oh Noah! Right! Ah oh, shit! I right! Refraction of light! Oh gosh! Darn it! Oh okay. man! Yeah. So we're about to talk okay. about the sons yes. of Noah. Emily, it's about to get a tiny bit bonkers, but mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Do it. Do it. The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. K- Canaan. Canaan. Well, that's how I was taught Canaan. Like the like the land of Canaan. Yeah. Is... Canaan. Canaan. Yeah. Okay. Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. Mm. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. Okay. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. Oh, guys, dad's <laughs> drunk inside that tent and exactly. he'd be naked. And he's uncovered. Yes. Okay. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. I can just like see this in my mind's eye being like, right? 
<laughs> like okay okay see them kind of planning it like okay how are we gonna pull this off shem yeah i don't know Choppeth. <laughs> their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked who cares like they all have the same anatomy well is remember all that I'm we learned to be ashamed of our nakedness back in the first episode yeah well these people are really ashamed yeah yeah when noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him he said Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. Well, that's not very nice. I know, right? Yeah, he also I'll talk said, about this later after we finish yeah, the chapter. Yeah. All right, I'm almost done. He also said, praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. Who's Shem? His, his other son. One of his sons. Shem. Shem, oh, yeah, Shem, Shem. and Japheth. Yeah. The God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. Okay. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. <laughs> Noah lived a total of 950 years, and then he died. Wow. Like, yeah, why does the Bible need to... Why do we care? I don't care how many years Noah lived. I mean, it's impressive that he lived 950 years. It's yeah. impressive that after the flood, he lived another 350 yes. years. Again, Ancestry.com. Um, yeah. So this is a thing. So this is like, this is a funny story on the surface of like, yes. Ham walks in, sees his dad naked. He's like, whoa, you guys, dad's naked. And uh, then kind of arbitrarily gets punished for happening to be the first guy to walk into the tent and accidentally see his Yeah, right. He naked. didn't know he was going to be didn't naked know, in there. You know, um, yeah. I, I guess the punishment is that, like, he saw his father naked and his first response was not, I need to cover my dad up. It's, I'm going to go tell my brothers. Yeah. Um, I guess we could read that in. I guess that's that, the thing. That he was, like Emily said, like, hey, guys. So, but but here's <laughs> the guys, thing. Guess that he goes on to say, like, you know, cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. So this is kind of like a biblical justification for the Israelites, eventual Israelites, to... Uh, you know, try to enslave the Canaanites, who were like kind of another competing tribe. But there's another verse in the Bible, and I don't remember where it is that go that like there's some translation that explains that de- the descendants of Ham or Ham mm-hmm. were darker in complexion than the descendants of the other two sons. And this has been used historically as a biblical justification for slavery of African people. That's unbelievably it's awful. Really messed up and really awful, but well, it has been used in the past. It's interesting because in my research about Cain and Abel from the last episode, uh, the mark of Cain has also been um, attributed to a darker skin really? and was also used also as a justification for, for slavery, for the African slave trade at different points. So I don't want to stay on yeah. that too long because that's just so depressing and awful and, and yeah. wrong yeah. and incorrect and, and yes. not. But I, okay, to bring in a positive note, I am Mm -hmm. happy that like Noah, they survive this like over a year of being chopped on a boat and they finally land and they're establishing a new people. And his first thing he wants to do is like plant a vineyard, make some wine. (laughs) Let's get drunk. (laughs) Let's get drunk. And then he does. It is funny though, because the way the story is told, you think like, oh, they land and then he goes and gets drunk. But it's like, no, he had to plant a whole vineyard. That's true. <laughs> this was probably like several years building up to like. He really had to finally, have the vision in yeah. his head of like at least five years from now, I would like to have a drink. Yeah, <laughs> um, so let me plant some grapes. Yeah. 
Okay, Genesis 10, is this me? Yeah, this is you. <sighs> oh, goodness. Okay, from reading ahead, I know that this is going to be another slog through genealogy, so yep. let's just try to get through it okay. as quickly okay. as possible. Okay, Genesis 10, the table of nations. This is the account of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the flood. The sons of Japheth... Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. At least, could we go back to Gomer? Oh my god, Tubal! <laughs> you have an issue with Gomer? I really like Gomer. Like Gomer Pyle, the yeah, old sitcom. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what it makes me think of. <laughs> okay, yeah. the sons of Gomer. Like, it was a biblical name. Okay, the sons of Gomer: Ashkenaz, Ripoth, and Togarmah. The sons of Javan: Ilishoth, Tarshish, the Kittites, and the Rodanites. From these, the Kittites. maritime. Peoples, the maritime peoples spread out into their territories by their clans within their nations, each with its own language. So it's kind of establishing like this is how these different clans got started and who they're related to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, all of this, of course, is about like where do our tribes come from? Who are we related to? Like that's why this oral tradition and why this part of the Bible was kept around. Okay. And why anybody cares? It's interesting though, from these, the maritime peoples spread out into their territories. Pirates? Well, that, that they were Maritime seafaring law. peoples, that in sort of early human history, there's this um, sort of tribe of people or a culture of people called the sea people, um, that that's like what, how they were referred to by the other clans that existed mm-hmm. at the time. And there's this like big event known as like the invasion of the sea people. Oh. I wonder if this I is related no to that. Yeah. Sorry, this is, again, if you go to, like, um, this was from my, like, DNA ancestry oh, stuff, oh. and also from the History of English podcast. Oh, They oh, talk about this, this invasion of the sea people, and I wonder if this is related. Some I actually don't know if it is. seafaring people that... Huh. Yeah, there were some of the earlier seafaring people who came and, like, invaded a lot of places. Interesting. So we got pirates in the Bible early uh, on. I guess so. Great. I don't know. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Pirates slash Vikings, Neat. maybe. Okay. The Hamites. The sons of Ham. Cush. Egypt. Put... And Canaan. Nice. The sons Kush. of Cush. Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabdika. The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who became a mighty <laughs> warrior Nimrod. on the earth. Corn yeah. is no place for a mighty warrior. <laughs> Corn chips are no place for a mighty um, warrior. Uh, Nimrod is... There's more about Nimrod if you want me to keep yeah, reading. Yeah, yeah, keep going, yeah. Uh, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, as we always <laughs> say. say. As we say. <laughs> I've definitely heard that before. I'm definitely going to try to incorporate that more yeah, often. You know, Like Nimrod, in. a mighty hunter before the Lord. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about Nimrod? No, nothing. It's not important. It's about classical music. It's There's no big deal. You would. Okay. Uh, the first centers of his kingdom were Babylon, Uruk, Akkad, and Kalneh in Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth-ir, Kala, and Resin, which is between Nineveh and Kala, which is the great city. Egypt was the father of the Ludites, Anamites, Lehabites, Naphtahites, Poversites, Kaslahites, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphertites. Jeez. Canaan was the father of Sidon, his first his firstborn, and of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zemorites, and Hamathites. This is ridiculous. This is really ridiculous. Can I just point out though that Sidon, the the yes. father of Sidon, Canaan. Canaan was the father of Sidon. Uh-huh. That's um, yes, a yes. character from Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Oh, what? Who's Sidon? Where? Sidon. He's the the uh, the fish guy, right? Oh yeah, Sidon. I I always said Sidon. Like Poseidon. 
It could be yeah, could be from Sidon, but but Shidon is how they say it in the Japanese version. Well, but Sidon, it's spelled like this: S I D O N. Oh, interesting. You're right, and he is a very attractive fish. <laughs> as far as yes. fishes go, as far as fishes. very attractive. Okay, he has lovely teeth. Yes, he does. Well, I'm going to move on past yep, that. Um, later, on. the Canaanite clan scattered, and the borders of Canaan reached from Sidon, the attractive fish man, toward Gerar, as far as Gaza, and then toward Sodom. Gomorrah, which both oh, of those places will show Gamora up later. And Sodom. They we'll will show up later. later. Yeah. Adma and Zeboyim, as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. Okay, last chunk. Sons were also born to Shem, whose older brother was Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of the sons of Eber. The sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, Arpaxad, Lud, and Aram. Sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arpaxad was the father of Shelah. I feel like I'm speaking an alien language right now. Um, it's, yeah, it's are. difficult. And Shayla, the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. One was named Peleg. Pegleg. <laughs> Peg hang okay, hang on. One was named Peleg because in his time, the earth was divided. Okay, there is something about this because I remember in Christian school being taught that like that, that verse, you know, because in his time, the earth was divided, that that's like biblical recognition of um, the separation of the continents. Okay. Of Pangea, yeah, the one continent becoming yes, several becoming continents. Many. Yes, interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, so anyway, there's okay. yeah. good old yeah. Peg Leg. Yeah. Um, because in his time, the Earth was divided. His brother was named Joktan. Joktan was the father of Almadad, Shelef, Hazmar, Mephiv, Jareth, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abamal, Sheba, Ofer, Hahalaj, and Jobab. <laughs> All, the, all these were sons of Joktan. I really like Jobab. Yeah. <laughs> I want to name, want to name a dog Jobab. The, the religion where Just they live, or the region, sorry, the region where they live, stretched from Mesha towards Sephar in the eastern hill country. These are the sons of Shem by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. Done. We got through it. So Oof. to go back to your question earlier, M. That the idea is that all all life everywhere descended from Noah, right? If you are going to believe that the flood actually happened and then everyone died, that then all the nations of the world spread out from, from these people. These people, yeah. Can I ask? Did Noah only have sons? Because I'm pretty sure that they, these are all male names. Yes. Well, we only it was a patriarchal line where we only tracked yeah. lineage through men, men. which is not. A global phenomenon. There are plenty of cultures that have tracked lineage through the matriarchal line. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this particular culture, it was the patriarchal line. Which is weird to me because, like, the men can probably have a lot of different lines. Well, that is the funny thing is because we do get a lot of, like, and this was his son. And he also had other sons and daughters, (laughs) you know. But, like, we only track this particular son. Well, and that's the whole the birthright thing. Yes. That the first... The firstborn son's the only one who really matters. That's how we keep so. Track therefore, of life. that's the one that's going to die. Well, in some well, stories, well, it's more that those when the firstborn son dies, that's significant mm. because he's okay. the one who sort of matters, like politically, within this patriarchal way of passing on your lineage to the firstborn son. Um, you know, we see this with with um, like royal families still today. Right, like the air in the spare apparently exactly. is what they say. Yes, the air exactly. in the spare, the yep. air in the spare. Second boy, as they call him. <laughs> yes, call him the second Poor boy. Harry. Yeah, yeah. 
It's okay. Um, he still got a lot of pomp and circumstance around his wedding. People still cared, obviously. No. Yeah, he's no. he's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's doing all right. Um. Okay. Are we ready to move on to the final chapter? Yes. I think we are. This is our final chapter of Genesis for a while. Yeah. Let's well, do it. Let's really take it in. Let's do it. Okay. Really savor it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one uh, is titled "The Tower of Babel." Oh, or, I've heard of that. Or yeah, Babel. What, what have you heard? Emily? Yeah. What do you know about it? I don't know. It's a tower. <laughs> and it's named Babel. Did you ever see the the movie with Brad Pitt? What Brad Pitt made a movie about the Tower of Babel? I don't know if he made it, but he was in it. <laughs> I mean, he, he was, was the star. What, what was it called? Babel or Babel is how it was pronounced. And it was straight up about the Tower of Babel. I mean, I don't no. know. I didn't watch it. Jeez. No, I've, I once think again, I did see once that. Again, it was all just these movies Babel. that we haven't watched. No, all that I know is like it was a bunch of interconnecting stories, and they kind of all like merged into like this big, big intense ending. And yeah, it was called Babel. Yeah. But it um, wasn't about the tower. It's not about think. the Tower of Babel. In that particular story, though, it was pronounced Babel. Uh, I have heard the Tower of Babel pronounced Babel. I don't know which one's right. I grew up calling it Babel. I don't know. Anyway, okay. I have I have an issue right off the bat here. Are you ready for this, Emily? Yes. Now, the world had one language and a common speech. Lies. Just in the previous chapter, or maybe the chapter before that, they talked about, yeah, here it is, in, in Genesis 10, from these, the maritime peoples spread out into their territories by their clans within their nations, each with its own language. Oh, um, And the so very next Contradicting chapter, itself, Bibble. So, I don't know what's up with this. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, maybe people can leave us some comments or some tweets about some explanations for I'm this sure one. Will. This is interesting. Anyway, so... The story goes, though, the Tower of Babel. Now the world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain near Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Yummy bricks. I'm going to say that to you now when we're making dinner. I'll yeah. be like, come, let's put some noodles in a, in a wok and bake fry them, them up thoroughly. thoroughly. Yeah. Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stones and tar for mortar. I think this is significant because they're using mm. bricks now instead of they're just manufacturing stones. Brick. Yes, okay. yes, we're okay. creating our first building materials okay. intentionally. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Right? Like we all spoke one language and God was like, no, 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 too much power. I call a monopoly. I'm going to split up this monopoly by making you all speak different languages. God just sounds like he has some serious attachment issues here, honestly. I mean, I mean some insecurity. Yeah. Some insecurity for sure. Okay, so. So this is the reason why I'm invested 10 years into trying to learn freaking Japanese. 
Yeah, if God hadn't done this, you wouldn't have needed to, because we Gosh. all would have spoken the same language. Jeez. Well, there we are. This is super interesting, too. In like I, like I said, I've recently been listening to the History of English podcast, and how, uh, at least for English and all of the both Latin and Germanic languages that all branched off from this Proto-Indo-European language— there there are a lot of parallels here where like we did all speak one language originally at, at one in that point particular area in this part of the world, which to these people writing this is the only world the they only knew. World. That's true. Right. That's true. They didn't know of Asia. Mm-hmm. Right. They mm-hmm. hadn't been there. They had not been to Africa, mm-hmm. you know, well, at least not since much, much longer ago yeah, in yeah, their yeah. ancestry, not since they remembered that history. But anyway, yeah, that we had this proto Indo-European language from which grew Latin and Greek, from which grew, you know, Germanic languages and Celtic languages, and then eventually Mm -hmm. French and English and, you know, all of that. So it is interesting to see, like, kind of the analogy to to more real-life historical Hmm. stuff going on. Um, Okay, ready for some more family trees here? Okay. Nope. Just get through it as fast as you can. Well, no, because we're getting to our, our main man here. This is to Abram. Okay, but you still got to get through a bunch of like facts and figures and. Okay, here we Wait, go. Is it Abram or Abraham? Starts out as Abram. Starts out as Abram. Okay, here we go. From Shem to Abram. This is the account of Shem's family line. Two years after the flood, when Shem was a hundred years old, he became the father of Arphaxad. Arphaxad. I don't know. And after he became the father of Arphaxad, Shem lived five hundred years and had other sons and daughters. When Arphaxad had lived. 35 years, he became the father of Shelah. After he became the father of Shelah, Arphaxad lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he became the father of Eber. When he became the father of Eber, Shelah lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber had lived 34 years, he became the father of Peleg. Another Peleg, another Pegleg. Another Peleg. And after he became the father of Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg had lived 30 years, he became the father of Reu. After he became the father of Reu, Peleg lived 209 years and had other sons and daughters. Street Fighter? Street Fighter, yeah, definitely. No, this is R-E-U instead of R-I-U. Well, you don't know. Translation choices. Could be Ryu. Also, Ryu is a Japanese name in Street Fighter. And Okay, anyway... Um, interestingly that these people are having kids now in their thirties as opposed to in their like nineties or hundreds. How millennial of them. In their six (laughs) hundreds. Noah. Yes. Um, Adam. (laughs) Right. And that they're living another like 430 years. So our lifespans are coming down. But God like. He said 120. He said 120 characters. And now. I know. He lied. Maybe it was that, except for like Noah's line, which lived after the flood. Yeah, maybe. Right? Okay, so when Ryu had lived 32 years, he became the father of Serug. After he became the father of Serug, Ryu lived 207 years, even less, and had other sons and daughters. When Serug had lived 30 years, he became the father of Nahor. After he became the father of Nahor, Serug lived 200 years, even less, and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he became the father of Terah. And so after he, young. And after, yeah, 29. And after he became the father of Terah, Nahor lived 119. Wow, really short. Uh, 119 years and had other sons and daughters. After Terah had lived 70 years, 
He became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So we care mm. about Abram. Abram's important. Also interesting that he didn't have him till 70, whereas everyone else was having their kids around 30. Okay. All right. They were Abram's... like, yo, Terah, why aren't you having your kid yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. And he's, he's like, like I because I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't be tied down. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Abram's family. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. What? Keep track of Salem's that name. Lot. Well, Lot's going to come up yeah, later. Lot's, Lot comes back later. Pay attention to Lot. So he was the son of Haran, who is the son of Abram. No, okay. the okay. brother of Abram. Oh, sorry, the brother of so Abram. Lot is Abram's cousin. Nephew. Nephew. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Good job, <Okay>. guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milka. Milka, I think. She was the daughter of Haran. Hang on, hang on. Wait, okay, okay, hang wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. So this is confusing. Hang on. Nahor married his niece. Ew. Wait, okay. Yeah, if, if Wait, so so while Terah was still alive, was the Haran, daughter of Haran. Uh-huh. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, who's the daughter of Haran. So yes, his aunt. Right? Wait, no, no, no. Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry, his niece. Yes. His niece, yes. Yes, his brother's daughter. Yes. He married his niece. Okay. <sighs> she was the daughter of Haran, who was the father of both Milka and Iska. Now, Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. This is Abram's wife. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his brother-in-law, or uh, sorry, daughter-in-law, Sarai, just give me a break, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. It's confusing that you named your child Haran, and you're settling in a land named Haran. Yeah. Just saying. That is confusing. That's Perhaps very they, confusing. Writers of the Bible, why there? would you not come up with a different name? Oh, but it is different. It's two R's instead of one yeah, R. The, the, Haran. The, the town is Haran. Haran. With a long R, two R's. And the dude's name is Haran. Okay. Interesting. Haran. Haran. Well, we've ended on a lot of and that's the end. genealogy again. Wow, I mean, okay. scintillating. But this is so we've we've established some important people. So yes. I just want to bring okay. our attention to Lot, the fact okay. that he is a nephew of Abram. That's important. He'll come up later. Okay. Uh, who else? Anyone else important? Well, Abram. Abram. Well, Abram. Obviously, Abram and Sarai Abraham. come back later. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to the name change later. Um, okay. Abram, Abram and Sarai are going to come back, mm-hmm. as well as Lot. I think okay. that's it, of the people who are going to come back, right? All right. Okay. Boy, yeah. all right. So what have but, we learned well, Hang today? on, okay, hang on. So we established Abram and Sarai, but next week we're jumping to the book of Job. Yes. We're not, we're not pursuing the story of Abram yet. Yes, exactly. Wow. okay. Yeah, because chronologically, apparently... And maybe we'll figure this out as we go. Uh-huh. But chronologically, the story of Job would happen before this the story, story of Abram, the, the continuing story of Abraham, of Abram. 
Oh. Yeah. Abraham. <laughs> Abraham. But I, I think yeah. there's, there's things to take comfort in, right? What do we take what? comfort in exactly? What? what? <laughs> well, rainbows. Rainbows. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't rainbows. know. Yeah, the, the, you know, we're not all going to die in a flood because of rainbows. So that's good. Okay. It's in a book. A reading a rainbow. rainbow. And interestingly, actually, like, prior to maybe the the 90s or even the later 90s, um, rainbows were actually a very common theme in Christian, like, pop oh, culture stuff. Yeah. and like until, Christian until the gay community kind of co-opted, co-opted, yeah. co-opted the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, actually, that if you look back to kind of earlier stuff, like from when we were kids, that's like right. Christian stuff is like rainbow themed. I do remember that. And I do remember listening to some certain Christian authorities expressing some Con- unhappiness, consternation, unhappiness about the fact that the gay community had taken the rainbow as a Mm, as a symbol, a symbol. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone can just calm down. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the ultimate takeaway, right? Yeah. Everyone can just calm down, but yeah, yes, yeah. Well, yes. well, right. there so we next are. Next week is the first couple chapters of Job. Yeah, we're going right? to get into Job, and we're going to spend a little while in Job. So we read like the entire book of Job. Right. You're right? going to go through the whole book okay. of Job. Hey, drunk Bible study listeners, this is Dedeker from the future. Yes, I'm speaking from about what. 10 episodes in the future, I suppose. Whoa. Just to let you know that we are stopping Genesis for now, moving on to the book of Job, continuing with our chronological reading plan. However, if you hate that idea, if you do not want to listen to the book of Job right now and you want to keep on trucking with Genesis, you can totally do that. So what you're going to do is you're going to skip ahead to episode 16 to pick up in Genesis where we left off. Do it now. That was the time travel sound okay, of, of her beaming back out. Awesome. <laughs> So, there was a there was a, a play about Job. All I know probably? is that yeah, there's a play and I forget what it's called, but we used to in in high school do a bunch of scenes from it. And all I know is that like at one mm. point all of the, you know, high schoolers poorly would act out and say, "I renounce you, God." And that was basically what happened. <laughs> I don't remember that, but <laughs> Uh, M, if you can do some research on what play that was, maybe yeah. we can talk oh, about it I next week. I can find week. it. I'm okay. sure I can find it. Yeah, we yeah. should talk about it. Because we're going to be talking about Job for a while. We're okay. going through okay. the whole book, and it's going to be an exciting story. All righty. Okay. Well, all right, well, we see go. you all next here week. Here we go. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for Bible Study today. If you want even more Drunk Bible Study, including bonus episodes, new series, guest interviews, and more, become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash drunkbiblestudy. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe and then write us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher, letting other people know what you like about it. Find us on Twitter at Drunk Biblecast, on Instagram at Drunk Bible Study, or send us an email to info at drunkbiblestudy.com. Drunk Bible Study is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Jace Lindgren, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our theme song is Book Club by Josh and Anand from their album, Home of the, the, the. The theme song for the book of Genesis is Fanfare for Space by Kevin MacLeod. For more information, visit us at drunkbiblestudy.com. I made a memory about your dad.